These are all questions that we have considered. This is our third or fourth week doing this. Um, I was, yeah, keep, that's fine. Go ahead and put up. There's three or four more there. Um, and then let's see, last week, these are the ones. So last week we considered, are some gifts more important than others? Can spiritual gifts be lost? And then why are the revelation gifts essentially uh, included in the listing of all of the gifts, and yet we would perhaps consider them as temporary gifts? So we did consider those questions last week. Um, we've got three specific questions that came in, so go ahead. Thank you, Nathaniel. And that that's right there. You can leave it right there, okay? Um, so first of the three questions for tonight, um, and it's a, a dual part question. At what point does a natural talent or skill appear to be a spiritual gift? And then second part of the question, uh, would a natural talent or skill steer someone towards a certain spiritual gift? And, um, regarding the first part of the question, um, I suppose that's a bit subjective. I mean, uh, there are uh, perhaps de- varying circumstances where the operation of a natural talent could appear to be a spiritual gift and yet not be. I'm not sure how concerned we would need to be about that if uh, whatever it is is being used for the glory of God and for ministry that's furthering the kingdom of God. I suppose we could cheer it on either way. Um, and uh, there may be other thoughts behind that. I'm not 100% certain. But I would just say that's a bit subjective and I'm not really certain um, other than to say that, yeah, I, I could see where certain times natural talents, the operation of natural talents could appear to be spiritual gifts. But again, uh, as to how concerned we would need to be, I'm not sure it would be um, something we would need to split hairs over, but just kind of commend the ministry to the Lord, uh, whether it's ministry being done with natural talents or with spiritual gifts, either or. Of course, both natural talents and spiritual gifts can be used for the glory of God and for the ministry uh, to the body of Christ. Uh, Regarding part two of that, would a natural talent or skill steer someone towards a certain spiritual gift? And uh, to that, as I understand the question, I would uh, suggest no, because of how clear the scriptures are that the spiritual gifts are given by God to the individual Christians. So I don't really see the possibility biblically of our natural talents steering us toward uh, a particular spiritual gift. Um, having said that, if there's more behind that question, like such as, can my natural talents work in conjunction with spiritual gift or gifts? Um, certainly. I, I don't see any way how you could ever break out and say, uh, no, you couldn't use natural talents and spiritual gifts together. Um, but we did consider various scriptures in uh, Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 regarding the fact that it is God, that it is the Spirit of God, the Lord who distributes the gifts as he wills. And so I would I would, would not say yes to that. I would not say yes, natural talents could steer us into a certain spiritual gift because the spiritual gift has been given divinely by God according to his will as he sees fit. Um in that regard as well, I'll just give a few uh, items briefly regarding uh, contrasting natural talents and spiritual gifts, since uh, that is certainly a large part of that question. So certain things to keep in mind when you're considering natural talents and spiritual gifts. Natural talents, of course, come at physical birth. Um, 
whereas spiritual gifts come at spiritual birth. Natural talents are generally understood to be passed down through genetics. That is generally true. Um, your natural talents, what you have, uh, even, of course, stature and things like that are things that are passed down through genetics. But spiritual gifts, in contrast, are dispensed by the Lord at his sole discretion. So we always want to make sure that's emphatically clear. We don't inherit spiritual gifts from mom and dad um, or from grandma and grandpa, nor do we necessarily uh, just work our way into spiritual gifts, but God has given them. That seems very, very clear from the from the text of Scripture, that God has given them as he sees fit. Uh, natural talents are generally used in the physical and natural realm, but may be used for spiritual profit. Um, but spiritual gifts are specifically for the spiritual blessing and edification of the church. Of course, spiritual gifts are used in the spiritual realm. Um, some would say, and I, this, this I obtained from a very good Bible teacher, and I'm not certain I agree with it a hundred percent, but it did help me a little bit. And he said something like this. Um, if an unbeliever can do it, it is most certainly not a spiritual gift. So the illustration that was used was, um, like trash on the floor, you know, um, I could look at the trash on the floor and maybe pass by and say, well, my spiritual gift is not helps or my spiritual gift is not service. But I'm sure somebody around here has that gift, so they'll pick it up. And the, the preacher was basically saying that really regardless of whether um, you have a gift or not in, in uh, service or helps or whatever the case may be, that um, that particular act is something that could be done by an unbeliever. Therefore, that particular act is not something that is really necessarily the demonstration of a spiritual gift. I follow the logic in that, and I do find it helpful to at least analyze certain things in light of that. Um, however, I'm not 100% certain that we could draw such a specific fine line with things like that because... Uh, there are some gifts such as service and helps that do seem to include a variety of very basic things. Um, I guess if you were considering something like, um, I was thinking about, you know, we've got some dear saints that do ministry, uh, carrying folks back and forth, transportation, picking folks to and f- uh, from the airports and things like that. And I would see that as the outworking of spiritual gifting in the service realm or some some type of spiritual gift in that realm. Could we hire an Uber driver to do that? Um, yeah, I suppose we could. But I do see a spiritual blessing, a spiritual benefit when one of the saints of God under the exercise of the Holy Spirit takes it upon themselves to carry out a task such as that. And I think that oftentimes, in fact, I'm sure that oftentimes the recipients of acts like that, of acts of service and helps and things like that, are often not only physically helped, but they are spiritually blessed as well. So that there is both uh, spiritual and physical help in that. So while I find that in, intriguing and uh, at least worth using and analyzing certain things, I'm not sure we can draw such a specific line. So bottom line is we can see some overlap in the use of our spiritual gifts and natural talents, no doubt about it. Um, as one may say, a gifted teacher who is naturally very organized may likely present teaching that's presented in a very organized fashion. 
Um, and so you could see the two natural talents and spiritual gifts working together for sure. Um, one little illustration that I thought was at least interesting and helpful in considering natural talents and spiritual gifts, and um, this is not, I, I understand, the intent of this passage, but just use it as a little bit of a help. When the prodigal son came to his father, there is a sense in which he came to his father right and demanded, give me those things essentially that are mine, that inheritance that is mine. And sometimes natural talents can be seen in that way. I'm not saying that attitude's right, but oftentimes uh, what we receive as far as natural talents are those things that have been passed down from mom and dad, like the inheritance that the prodigal son demanded and, of course, received. But when he came back to the father... Um, of course, after being out and having uh, 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 spent and dwindled all of that inheritance, he came back and there was a whole different attitude when it was as if grace upon grace was lavished upon him. And this is in that sense, the spiritual gifting. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good attitude to say, Lord, these natural talents are mine and I deserve them. But there is a sense in the world oftentimes, you know, we see certain families, right? We've got Archie Manning, professional quarterback, Peyton Manning, his son, professional quarterback, Eli Manning, his brother, professional quarterback. It's like it's just in the blood. It's in the genetics. And it's as if some could say, like, this is my heritage from my family, although it's not necessarily a great attitude. Well, the prodigal son demonstrated that regarding natural talents in that sense. But when he came back, and perhaps this is a greater lesson, when the father lavished upon him all that he knew he had no rights to whatsoever, I do not deserve this at all. I'm coming back just as a servant. And, of course, there was an altogether different demeanor and attitude as those spiritual gifts, yes, have been lavished upon us, grace upon grace, that which we do not deserve. Again, I understand that's not the point of that passage, but I'm just saying it's a bit of an illustration. So that's question number one. Question number two, I'm going to try to speed up. If you would throw question number two up there. Uh, what are the implications of Paul's seeming encouragement to the, Corinthian, to the Corinthians to desire certain spiritual gifts. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but in a different context. Last week we were talking about um, whether some gifts are better than others or more important than others, and that's specific to 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And so I'm not going to go back into that whole line of thought per se as to whether why he's saying to desire these certain gifts. We talked about that last week. But uh, regarding the importance of the gift, that is. But regarding desire specifically, um, I, I, I under, as I understand the question, the question is wondering whether if Paul is asking them or, implore, or, or encouraging them to desire certain spiritual gifts, is there um, a sense in which their desiring of the gifts would contribute to their very obtaining of the gifts? I think that's part of what's behind the question or the idea behind the question. Or for that matter, otherwise, what are the implications of him telling them to desire certain spiritual gifts? Well, here's how I understand it. So specifically regarding 1 Corinthians 14.1, which says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Uh, note that gifts is in italics, but I don't know that that's going to be a huge part of this, but it is it is uh, worthwhile to at least note that gifts there is not uh, is not there, but it is implied. It, the the word is just spirituals or spiritual, 
Some would say spirituality, but gifts is implied because that's the context. So pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 13, he goes through this whole layout, right, of why love is so important. And there is a sense in which at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, you could almost get the sense that Paul is diminishing or demeaning spiritual gifts, which he's not. He's not diminishing or demeaning them other than to say that love is absolutely essential in the operation of spiritual gifts. So when he comes to chapter 14, as I see it, he just simply wants to ensure that the Corinthians corporately, not so much individually, you specifically ought to desire a specific gift, but that they corporately, that it's good. You should be desiring spiritual gifts. And I think that that could apply very, very well, very much so here. We corporately, as the body of Christ here, we should have a desire for spiritual gifts. We should. That's good. That's healthy. And Paul is affirming that. So as I take it, in contrast to chapter 13, where he is, in a sense, hammering love because they, again, were using spiritual gifts apparently without love or evidently without love. He does want to make sure in chapter 14 that the Corinthian church corporately understands that spiritual gifts are good. They're good. You should desire spiritual gifts as the body of Christ, of course, to be used with the motivation and uh, 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 the heart of God. The love of God should be uh, what is motivating us in, in, in that sense, overflowing to the use of spiritual gifts. So I don't see an implication that if Paul's saying to desire spiritual gifts, that if we well up desire, we could maybe obtain spiritual gifts that we don't already have. So I think that's part of what's behind the question. I'm saying I don't see that. Um, and again, we did deal with uh, chapter 12, verse 31 last week. So it's good. Desire spiritual gifts corporately. Desire them. Absolutely, we should desire them. All in the context of the love of God, the heart of God that would use these gifts for the edification of the body, not for self-promotion, not for self-glorification, but in love that the body would be edified, that God would be glorified. Last question, and then we'll open it up. Question number three for tonight. Should the gifts come naturally, in quotes there, as you can see, or should it be something not natural to the Christian? Now, I did get clarification on this just to make sure that we understand the the thought behind the question. The questioner is not asking if somehow uh, the gifts come apart from the spirit of God, i.e. naturally. That's not what's being asked there. The questioner understands that this, the gifts come from the Lord, from the spirit of God. So we've got that. We're clear on that. The gifts come from the Lord. But in the sense naturally, should they come naturally in the sense that is it something that should be um, uh, that should not be clumsy and fretful and fearful to the Christian, but something that would in that sense be natural, something that they would find themselves. They've come into their own, so to speak. They're doing what they were made to do, so to speak. That's the idea of the question. And um, I suppose that, you know, if we take... Um, there could be, I guess, a variety of answers to this. But if we take the metaphor that Paul used, which is the body... And we consider that Paul is using the body as a metaphor 
for the body of Christ, the human body for the body of Christ. This is the picture. The eye sees because it was made to see. The hand grabs because it was made to grab. The foot stands because it was made to stand and so forth and so on. So in that sense, the the metaphor tells us that, yes, there is a sense in which the spiritual gifts come naturally. Again, understanding that we're not saying apart from the spirit of God, but just that it's something that is not totally awkward and and, and unnatural. totally awkward and cumbersome and fretful all the time. It seems that when God has given someone a particular gift to exercise in that gift is an exercise that brings joy and refreshment. Um, Having said that, I suppose as well that you could see that even in the metaphor of the body, when the, when the legs first begin to stand or the knees first begin to crawl, there's a bit of an awkwardness to it. And so maybe as we begin to employ our spiritual gifts, we might not be surprised if there are, uh, there are things that are fretful or a bit difficult. But it does certainly seem that as we persist on, if God has given me that to be the eye, then seeing will not be so unnatural to me that I'm always just saying, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I, I can't understand this. It's terribly fre- fearful to me. This is just awful. No, but God has made you an eye. You you see, that's what you do. And God has made you a hand. And so you grab. That's That's what God has made you to do. Having said all that, I do want to point out one other thing just to keep in mind in, in correlation to that or in... Uh, I guess in in a bit in contrast to that, and that is that whenever we exercise spiritual gifts, uh, 1 Peter 4 would say this, as it categorizes the gifts into two specific sections, it says this, if anyone speaks, 1 Peter 4.11, if anyone speaks, this is regarding the speaking gifts, because that's the context. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. So although... I do believe that there is a sense in which we will operate naturally or doing things that we seem fit to do because God's made us to do them, yet we always balance that with the fact that if I'm speaking, it is my obligation and responsibility to recognize I need to speak as the oracles of God. So, Lord, although this is something that I believe you've given to me to do, you've gifted me to do, and I think that's okay to say that, yet, Lord... I want to speak as your oracle, so I'm in total dependence upon you as I speak. Total dependence upon you. Lord, you speak through me. And then, of course, the verse goes on to say, if anyone ministers or serves, speaking and serving, if anyone serves, let him do it with what? Well, with the ability which God supplies. And so if we took all the spiritual gifts and broke them up into two categories, which is what Peter does, speaking gifts and serving gifts, it does seem, there is no doubt that although it may become a bit natural to, natural to us to do what God's gifted us to do, yet we always have to balance that with the fact that we are operating based upon independence upon the Lord, total dependence all the time. He's gifted me, but Lord, I want to speak as what uh, your oracles, if I'm serving, I want to do it with the strength that you've supplied. So that's just a little contrasting thought to that question. So we've got three questions that we're closing with. If any brothers have comments, we've got a mobile mic. Shoot up a hand and we'll uh, get it to you ASAP. Okay, right here. 
uh, regarding the middle question there, that's to reinforce what you already said. <clears throat> um, as I understand it, which you've already pointed out, ch chapter 14 is saying, yes, desire spiritual gifts, but for the purpose of edifying or building up the church. The, the contrast is given if you have this gift of tongues. You could, you could have it to yourself before God, but that's just for you. You, you want to pray that you have an interpreter so you can edify the church. Gifts are forgiving in that sense, not keeping, right? We don't, you know, say, I've got this and I'm going to keep it to myself. No, we desire, he says, rather desire that you prophesy. Why? Because you can build up the body that's way. That's mm -hmm. what the spiritual gifts, as I understand it, are for forgiving, transferring the the, 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 the ability, the, the God-given gift that I have to build up the body. So desire in that sense on behalf of building up the body of Christ. And that seems to be what the whole chapter is about, prophecy. They come in and you're speaking with, ah, you're mad, you know, because there's nothing there. But if they come in and hear prophecy, they're, ah, oh, God is here. So they're, there's building up. Right. And I know you have this in mind. First Corinthians fourteen twelve specifically says, even so you... To the Corinthian church, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. I mean, it doesn't get any more plain or clear than that. So I'm not making it up. Of course, we're not making this up. This is literally what the text is saying. Since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, I take it you desire sincerely spiritual gifts. Good, but let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Any other comments or possibly questions? I don't like questions on the spot, but we'll take them if you got them. Okay. Well, We've got one more here. Just regarding the first question, you know, I just, this came to my mind about, I think it's First Corinthians 2, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. So, you know, there, I might have something, a natural gift, but in order to be able to be, to use it to build up the body of Christ, it has to be a spiritual uh, matter that can come from God through the Spirit for me so I could be used to build up. Mm -hmm. that, you know, our natural talents are good for what for the purpose. And yeah. Yeah, as you said, they could, you know, the spiritual gift could come out of that possibly. Mm -hmm. But the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. to a spiritual gift mm -hmm. it could become a problem so definitely it could it can also be you know it can be a help so it mm -hmm. can go both ways it just depends on how we use it a, a natural talent should be used for the glorification of god but when it becomes something that glorifies us then it'll get away it'll get in the way of everything right 
So it becomes it could become a real problem. In fact, if you're so naturally talented, so unbelievably naturally talented, you may not not even pursue your supernaturally given spiritual gift mm. because you've got it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bounce off of that. Even the world says, you know, you can stick your foot in your mouth, right? So if I'm a foot in the body of Christ, I'm going to use it to build up. Not, I'm not going to the body. I'm not going to use it to be a. It's not going to be. A, it shouldn't be a hindrance. But I could stick my foot in my mouth, right, and be a great hindrance to mm-hmm. everybody around me, mm-hmm. right? But as a foot, I want to act as a foot to build up, right. Okay. Going once, going twice. Any final comments? All right. So we had uh, decided ahead of time if we had any time remaining, which we do have just a very few minutes, we'll just take the last five minutes to pray specifically regarding uh, the use of spiritual gifts, our understanding of spiritual gifts, and, of course, that there would be great unity uh, in our on our operation of spiritual gifts. And so... Um, we'll just take the last five minutes to invite any of the brothers to pray in this regard. And then maybe Rex, would you mind just close us out at 8 o'clock? I appreciate it.